1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Super Scoreboard. A day of statements as Celtic hit back at West Brom and St Mirren cancels Saturday's friendly. But still no signings and as it stands, Oren Kearney is still the St Mirren manager. Well, Alison, pre-season is now officially up and running. Celtic are in Austria, Rangers are in Portugal, Aberdeen are over in Ireland. But where is David Turnbull? David, just give us a couple of rings, 01419511025, just let us know you're okay. I'm Alison Conroy and joining me on tonight's show is Roger Hanna. And as he says, you can give us a call, 01419511025 or tweet us at Clyde SSB. Roger, I want to start at Celtic. They've leapt to Neil Lennon's defence after the boss was criticised by West Brom about his treatment of Oliver Burke. The Scotland International was of course signed on loan by Brendan Rodgers in January but Baggy's technical director Luke Dowling was left furious with the way the 22-year-old was handled once Lennon took over. He's refused to go into the specifics but insists there's no chance he'll be heading back to Glasgow if Lennon remain, or as long as Lennon remains in charge. He said, we sent all these to Celtic in good faith with Brendan Rodgers and Lee Congerton there were some really good people up there and wanted to take Ollie and wanted him to play. Once Brendan left to go to Leicester, the treatment he got from the manager that's now in place is something we don't expect for one of our players. They know what's going on and Ollie certainly knows what's going on. It's just something that we are not happy with at all. I'll give you Celtic's response. These comments which question the professionalism of both Neil and Celtic Football Club are ridiculous and completely inaccurate. West Brom have made no contact whatsoever with either Neil or the club in relation to Oliver. As with every player who comes to Celtic, Oliver received the very best of treatment and every support and opportunity. We wish Oliver the very best for the future. Roger, your take on this? Well, the technical director of West Brom is talking outright nonsense. Mm. This is the West Brom who didn't play Oliver Burke. That was why they were letting yeah. him out on loan. Um, Brendan Rodgers was there two minutes after Oliver Burke arrived at the club. Um, Neil Lennon played him. Neil Lennon gave him opportunities. Oliver Burke didn't take those opportunities. If mm. Oliver Burke had taken the opportunities, Celtic would have played him because it was a spell in the second half of the season where Celtic were struggling for goals. Um, the one thing that Luke Dowling did say that was correct is... Oliver Buck won't be back at Celtic as long as Neil Lennon's a manager. You're absolutely right, he won't. Yeah, it's a strange one with the comments. Obviously, Celtic hitting back with this statement. They obviously felt they had to clarify things when, when someone's saying that. Yeah, and, and I'm not sure the relationship between the clubs is great. Um, I understand that uh, Raheem Harper, one of the homegrown players at West Brom, is a player who's interesting Celtic. Um, you just wonder if there's a bit of fear among the West Brom hierarchy that they're going to lose a valued player to Celtic mm. in this transfer window. Um, they're trying to, I don't know whether you would say rubbish Neil Lennon, belittle Neil Lennon. I'm sure it's water off a duck's back to Neil Lennon. 01419511025, the number you need. We'll go to the lines now. We've got Ronnie in Cumbernauld. Hello, Ronnie. Hi. Hi, Ronnie. Hi, how you doing, all right? All right, yourself? I'm fine, Alison. Cheers. Good. How you doing, Roger? Right? Good, Ronnie. It's just, it's just obviously regarding the Kieran Tierney scenario. Yeah. You know, do you think, what's your take on it? Do you think that he'll go to Arsenal? Do you think money talks? Or do you think he'll be the Celtic man that he says he is and stay at Celtic Park? Well. Because Celtic have now went in for this Iranian defender, he, which. He is a Celtic man. <clears throat> but I think the days of even Celtic men staying at Celtic for all their career on here are probably gone. Um, just simply because of the, the money that's on offer down south I think if Arsenal meet Celtic's valuation of Kieran And 
Arsenal, sorry, Celtic given permission to speak to Arsenal, I, I think he'll go because the difference between what Kieran can make at Celtic and what Kieran could make at a club like Arsenal is life changing, not just for Kieran but for his entire family. And you know, th- there will be a day when he leaves Celtic. It might not be this summer, it might not be next summer, maybe a couple of years down the line. We don't know. But I don't think the day he does go, whether it's to Arsenal, to Napoli, wherever he goes, I don't think people should think of him any less of a Celtic man oh, no, just, no, beca- just because he's no. done that. But I think if Arsenal, if Arsenal dig deep and meet Celtic's valuation, then I think Kieran Tierney could be away in this window. Well, I think he's. I think he's well worth the twenty-five million. He's not. Not. It's not an underestimated value. I think it's a. It's probably fair. A fair. A fair call. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, all we look for is the Celtic. I mean, I'm sure every Celtic supporter on the Celtic panel will be the same, as long as he stays till we get the ten in a row. You know what I mean? I think that every every Celtic supporter's aim is to get the ten in a ten in a trot. Like you know what I mean? I, I certainly I wouldn't argue about your valuation or about Celtic's valuation if you look at um, Manchester United paid I think 28 or 30 million for Luke Shaw now Aye. to me Tierney's a better player than Luke Shaw Aye, um, so. Manchester City are supposed to be looking at the lad Chilwell at Leicester they're talking £45 million pounds for Chilwell a good player mm. but if he's £45 million, yeah, I think Kieran I think 25 <laughs> certainly you know more Aye, than fair but anyway, guys, thanks for taking my call. Cheers, Roger. Cheers, Alison. No problem. Thanks, Ronnie. I want to go back onto the, the phones in a minute, but just something you, you mentioned at the top of the show and Richard Harris in Twitter is asking the same thing. Never mind the West Brom stuff. What's happening with David Turnbull? Well, Roger, that's something that we would all quite like to know. Yeah. Um, I've been in this business a long time. I've seen a lot of transfer sagas, Alison. This is up there with any of them. Mm. If we can go back to the start... Uh, Motherwell, the selling club, announced this deal. Announced yep. they had agreed a fee with Celtic. We thought that was it. It was going to be done. Um, personal terms couldn't be agreed. Celtic pulled the offer off the table. Before anyone knew what was happening, he was off to Norwich. They had agreed a fee. Everyone thought it was going to the English Premier League. He didn't agree terms with them. He came back up the road. It was back on with Celtic. On Friday morning... Back at 9 o'clock, Neil Lennon was at Celtic Park talking about the new league fixtures. Yeah. He said, David's in the building, we expect to announce it this afternoon. That's more than four days ago. Yeah. And still, there's nothing. Celtic have flown to Austria to their pre-season training without David Turnbull. And still, there's nothing. There's silence from Celtic, there's silence from Motherwell, there's silence from David Turnbull's representatives. There's something not right about this, Alison. And it's about time people let the Celtic fans know and let the Motherwell fans know because it's a big deal for Celtic mm-hmm. signing Scotland's Young Player of the Year. It's a crucial deal for the future of Motherwell Football Club. Celtic were so open about it, as you say, on Friday. I was up at Lennox Town on Friday afternoon. Neil Lennon was speaking about David Turnbull, what he's going to bring to the team, that he can go straight into the team. The medical was being done. I then spoke to someone at Celtic later on that day. Oh, the deal will be announced that it'll be later on tonight. That was on Friday. Yeah, um, it's certainly later on yeah. um, because we're now at Tuesday night. And still nothing. Um, as far as I'm aware, he hasn't flown out the country. There's no sign of him joining up with Neil Lennon in the Celtic squad in Austria. I think Neil, he, he said himself on Friday morning, he was keen to get David in as quickly as possible with a view mm-hmm. to involving him against Sarajevo. Uh, the, the, the signing deadline for the Sarajevo tie is fast looming up on Celtic yep. as well. Um, so they want it done reasonably quickly. But we're now here, 10 past six on Tuesday night, and still... David Turnbull isn't a Celtic player. Let's go back onto the phones. We've got Connor in Coatbridge. Hello, Connor. 
Hi there. Um, I was just wondering if you have heard anything about uh, Julian from uh, Toulouse, the centre half Celtic are supposed yeah. to be after. Um, apparently, uh, they're all there's hundreds of uh, things online saying that they're, they're putting a bid in, and he's just been like uh, spotted with his agent. He's put something up on Instagram or something like that with his agent. Uh, I don't know if. If you've heard anything about he, it or he anything cer- like He's that. certainly one, Connor, that Celtic are very keen on. Um, I don't think they're keen on matching uh, Toulouse's valuation of the player. I think Toulouse are looking for something close to 9 or 10 million euros. Um, Celta yeah. Vigo were interested, but equally, I don't think, you know, a club the size of Celta Vigo in Spain, I don't think they were particularly keen on matching that valuation anyway. There's still a long time to go in this window. I think the window in Scotland doesn't shut to the 2nd of September. I think this one is one that could run for a little bit yet. Um, I, I think if the player's leaving Toulouse, I think Toulouse might need to to lower their valuation if they're intent on selling the player. Definitely, because I remember for like nearly two, uh, two years we've been sitting there saying, oh, we need, we really badly need a centre half and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. For the bad badness of two years, and then there's hundreds of rumours saying this big, like there's him that's coming up, and then there's this sinker for Huddersfield, I think it is. He, his name's yeah, been rumoured Dan- about the as well. Danish international centre half, yeah. Yeah, there's hundreds of them, so hopefully it is a good summer because we definitely need to improve, as you say, like the centre half and. And we need a right back I forget It's not even so much we can just Definitely go on It's not even so much Improving centre halves It's just a case of numbers Connor Because You know yeah. Adjer and Simunovic I thought Finished the season Quite strongly I thought Adjer Very much improved But Boyata's gone And Benkovic is gone And Just in terms of numbers I think Celtic need Two centre halves To come in And give competition To Simunovic and Adjer Simunovic Never plays a full season Doesn't like playing In the plastic pitches So that takes out Games at Hamilton, games at Kilmarnock, games at Livingston for him. So Celtic just yeah. need, it's numbers they need to get in as well. Yeah, it's definitely and definitely a right back because yeah. I loved Lustig. Lustig was a definitely really good servant to us all. Again, you look, you're looking at back. numbers. There's, there's three have gone because as well as Lustig, Tolian's gone back to Dortmund and, and Christian Gamboa's left the club. So there's only really Tony, yeah. Tony Ralston there just now. I think Celtic need a front line right yeah. back. Well, I think there's, I think there's that boy first uh, America, but we've really not seen anything yeah. of him. But just need, to, just need to reinforce and see what the Celtic can do, really. <laughs> right, thank you, Connor. No problem. Thanks for my call. Cheers. That was Connor in Cobridge. There is a picture of Chris Julian on Twitter with his could be his agent. It could have been taken absolutely anywhere, Roger. Yeah, and listen, you get these all summer. I think last week's one was Phil Jagielka spotted in Glasgow. Was he <laughs> signing for Celtic? Was he signing for Rangers? No, he was up no. for dinner with an old pal. So we, we get these all the time. Celtic are interested in Julian. Yeah. They're not going to pay what Toulouse want mm-hmm. at the minute. I think there would need to be some negotiation. Where Celtic to sell Kieran Tierney later in the window, that then opens up a whole lot more possibilities for Celtic because they would bank a record fee and a lot of that would be handed to Neil Lennon for reinforcements. So I, I think, you know, Celtic might just need to be patient, wait and see how the market develops, wait and see how much money they potentially bring in because Olivier and Cham might be another one going out mm. for a sizable sum of money. 
that then opens avenues for Celtic to bring players in. So it'll be a fascinating window, but it'll also be a long window. There's more than two months to go in this window, Alison. Yeah, it's, a, it's early on in the season, in the, the transfer window. Obviously, you're seeing the deadline for the Sarajevo game is approaching. Will the Celtic fans be slightly concerned at how quiet it's been on the signing front so far? No, not, not necessarily, because I think... You know, if you take a step back and look at the players who are still at Neil yeah. Lennon's disposal for the Sarajevo tie, you would think they are they're well placed to get through it. I would mm. think if you look at the either ors in the second qualifying round, they should be well placed to get through that as well. And then you're a little bit further into the window. You're talking, you're into the you know the second or third week of July by then, and I think you really would see a lot more movement from Celtic by then. Back on to the phones, we've got Paul and Kirkintilly. Hello, Paul. Uh, hi, hi guys. How are you doing? Hi, Paul. Good. Uh, my point tonight is uh, this morning I started to see in social media the, the statements from West Brom from the guy uh, head of recruitment that I've never heard him and I thought at the start it must have been a bit of a joke but then as the day went on I read it uh, and it's just it's absolutely laughable it's absolutely laughable the arrogance of these English first division teams and the contempt they hold for teams in Scotland I mean the fact is, MD that saw Oliver Burton watched him over his period of time at Celtic, he got given the benefit of the doubt at the start. The boy he couldn't handle it. He wasn't good enough. And at the end of the day, it just was not good enough. Now, I don't know if there's a wee bit of embarrassment for West Brom where they seem to think that we are such a diddy league and everybody talks in Scotland about Celtic winning the treble treble and it's the it's like a Sunday league and the whole arrogance of them, but it's I would think that they would be annoyed with Oliver Burke as well that he came up here and never made an impact. I mean, no offence to the guy, but he was horrendous. I mean, apart from a guy that can run, he, he's a total confused football player. Doesn't know where to go. Doesn't know what position he'd be in. The whole firm game, he was a complete rabbit in the headlights, and I think it's just another. Thumbs up for Scottish football with the whole thing with Trimble knocking back uh, Norwich as well. I think it's great. Really well, enjoying it. The, the, the thing that really struck me about the words from the West Brom guy, Paul, was <laughs> the, the only reason Oliver Burke was ever at Celtic is because West Brom didn't pick him. Darren Moore, the previous West Brom manager, didn't want him there. He, he didn't have, have him in the squad. He was surplus to the requirements. West Brom had paid £15 million for him. He's obviously paid like a fifteen million pound player gets paid, so they had to ship him out just to you know get him football and get someone who would pay a portion of his wages. So, in, in essence, Celtic were doing them a favour because otherwise he would just have sat there on the bench or in the reserves and wouldn't have played at all. And the interesting thing for me now, West Brom have got a different manager. Slavin Bilic is in there. The interesting thing for me is, will Slavin Bilic pick Oliver Burke mm. or are West Brom now? Going to have to look and try and find another loan club to take him for next season. Thank you to Paul and Kirkintilly for his call. A couple of things on Twitter. Francis Healy, I think he means Tierney. He says Celtic should stay at Celtic, but I think it's Tierney should stay at Celtic and become the future Celtic captain. But if he goes, no less than 50 million, because as soon as he kicks the ball in the EPL, his value will suddenly be 80 million. Well, that's how football works. Yeah. But as things stand, I think Celtic's valuation is around £25 million. Mm -hmm. I cannot honestly see Celtic rejecting anything in that area 
of £25 million. And I don't think it's going to be a, a £15 million up front and then various add-ons. Yeah, it was straight I, up. I, I think Arsenal would need to pay the money to get Kieran Tierney. Um, whether they do that or not, we need to wait and see. I don't think Arsenal, though, are going to be the only club who are going to make a move for Tierney in this window, maybe in the next window. Napoli are very keen as well. And he's just got to the stage of his career at 22 years of age where... He's going to attract attention from very good clubs because he's a very good player, Alison. And I'm afraid there's never been a player in Scottish football who was unsellable, if you know. I mean, mm. you, you know, the, the club could just keep forever. Um, going right back to, you know, when the Douglishes and people like that went down south 40-odd years ago. It's always been the same. The best players in Scotland move away to England. And I think Kieran Tierney, not seeing us this window, not seeing us the next, but he will go to England. And Roger Stephen B on Twitter is not happy with you. Tell Roger Scotland Young Player of the Year was Ryan Kent, not David Turnbull. But David Turnbull was the football writer's Young Player of the Year. Yeah, which for me is exactly. the Young Player of the Year. Yeah. Ryan Kent was the... I'll give you the, the explanation here. Ryan Kent is a PFA Scotland Young Player mm-hmm. of the Year. That's, if you like, Fraser Wishart's Young Player of the yes. Year. That is the young player who is voted upon by his fellow professionals yes. um, a number of years ago the football writers took a decision that Scotland's Young Player of the Year should be a young Scottish player aged I think 21 or under uh-huh. it was to encourage and try and reward the best of the homegrown talent PFA Scotland have had some very good young players mm-hmm. of the year over the years I remember Ryan Kent there you go back to the likes of Jason Denier I think one of the season he was in loan at Celtic as well we tend to think it's better to reward the best of young Scottish talent and this year, it was David Turnbull of Motherwell. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're back after the travel with Stephen. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Roger Hanna here with me, Alison Conroy on Clyde One Super Scoreboard through until 7 o'clock tonight. 0141951. is the number you need. Let's go to Rangers now and Joe Aribo is expected to join up with Rangers on pre-season later this week with the midfielder set to be Stephen Gerrard's seventh summer signing, Roger. Yeah, um, I don't think I've ever seen Joe Aribo play football mm-hmm. but if you listen to his former Charlton manager Lee Boyer uh, he's not and happy. the whining he's done at losing Joe Aribo this guy must be a good player because Lee Boyer has gone to town and his criticism of Aribo's decision not so much to go to Rangers, but to come to Scottish football. He believes yep. it's a backward step. Um, so when you hear a manager so despondent at losing a key player, then it usually gives you an indication that that key player is going to be a key player for his next club as well. Absolutely. Not a massive fee they're having to pay either for him. No, this is one of these cross-border things. Yep. I think Celtic have used it in the past when I think they, Joe Ledley, I think for maybe even for nothing, Adam Matthews was another when it came to Celtic. Other clubs you've seen do it as well. Um, probably represents value for money. We've still to see Joe Harry, but we don't know. But it looks <laughs> as if it's going to be a value for money deal. Stephen Gerrard in the newspapers this morning telling his supporters what he hopes Joe Aribo will bring, a bit more creativity and an advanced area in the midfield. And there have a lot of numbers in there now. You know, Stephen Davis began to show his form towards the end of the season. Ryan Jack did well. Glenn Kamara surprised, I think, almost everybody the way he settled straight in. So Joe Aribo's there as well. Um, it be interesting to see the makeup of the Rangers team, when you, particularly in the forward areas, when they start the season. A Rangers player that's been told to find a new club is Jordan Rossiter. Remember him? 
Yeah, I do remember him, and he, he's had a terrible time with yeah. injuries. But he had a bad time with injuries at Liverpool and before he was anywhere near Rangers. Came to Rangers to try and get his career back in track, and he's, he's just been, you know, he never really got a, a decent run in the team. There's been times he's shown little flashes of form. He's clearly a good player, Alison. He just can't manage yeah. to get fitness and form together for any period of time to, to showcase the talent that he must possess. Charlie's a Rangers fan in Airdrie. He's given us a call tonight. Hello, Charlie. How you doing, all right? Good, Thanks. What's your point tonight? Well, as you say, I don't know if I'm paranoid or no, but um, it's to do with these fixtures. Um, as you can remember last season when Celtic, uh, they had about four home games against the lower teams. They built up a lead about eight points. Uh, and after that, we couldn't catch them. And then uh, you get the pictures coming out again. And before you know it, Rangers playing Kamarnock away. And then... Hibs, two of the best teams in the league. Celtic, two easy teams straight away. Do you know what I mean? So what's that all about as far as I'm concerned? I feel as if there's some minute. I, uh, I have to say to you, Charlie, I never buy into any of this. You, you still got the, to play the same you teams. You play the same teams the same number of times. I'll give you an example. My mate's a St Johnson fan. And the fixtures came out last Friday and he could tell me that this was the eighth time in the last ten seasons St Johnson had started with an away game. And he's absolutely furious that once again they're away from home. But they still get 19 home and 19 away. I, I, I just don't buy into any of this. If you're going to win the league, you need to play all the teams. You need to play them the same amount of times, home and away, and just go on with it and try and win the games. But if you get a five star, it makes a big difference. You know what I mean? If you're going to get two easy teams at the beginning of the season, you're going to get a flying start. How, 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 how do we know? What, honestly, how do we know what's an easy team? There's Rangers start on the Sunday at Kilmarnock. Now, how do we know whether Kilmarnock are going to be good, bad or indifferent this season? They have a new manager, they've lost half the team, they did have the Indian sign against Rangers last season, but who's to say there's got, you know, that's going to be the case this season? Who's to say Rangers well, don't get down there and, and Jordan Jones and Greg Stewart are terrific for Rangers, Rangers win the game, go off to a flying start and, you know, just keep winning games? We don't know. Well, I'd rather have the two games the Celtics go for that way. But Rangers then If you're saying Celtic have an easier start Surely Rangers have easier games After that then Is that not, is that not the flip side yeah, of it? What I'm trying to say If they could have a gun running If they're going to play Teams that's no uh, What they call The better teams They could have the gun running Before they know We could maybe be about six points Maybe five points behind them Before they've even well, But Charlie Surely if you Want to win the league You have to beat The so-called easy teams But you have to beat Also The so-called difficult teams so does it actually matter when you play them because if you want to win the league you need to beat all the teams well I do think it matters because as I say at the start of the season, season you're kind of just getting going and then I mean look at Rangers at the start of the season last season the one of the mistakes they made and hopefully they'll not make it this time drawing me up Motherwell and all that carry on and uh, then in the beginning uh, at the end of the season there, they, they won six in a row you know what I mean well, well yeah. I think it's. A, I make. It, I think it makes a big, big difference. Well, here's the here's a flip side of this, Charlie. Remember the the season Rangers signed Joey Barton. First game of the right. season was at home to Hamilton Ackies. Everyone said, "Oh, Rangers are going to get a flyer." That's a dead easy game, home to Hamilton Ackies. And then I think it was maybe a couple of games with Dundee and somebody else. Everyone said, "What an easy start Rangers had," and they were held at home on day one by Hamilton Ackies. And and they never get they never actually managed to recover any sort of form after that. And Barton didn't play well, and Warburton ended up leaving. So 
you know, if Rangers can get their act together and win at Kilmarnock in that first weekend, maybe having a start like that might not be a bad thing. Well, you're so open, I'm going to say, but uh, I'm not too happy about it anyway. Okay, thank you, Charlie. Charlie and Airdrie not happy with the fixtures, but I'm a. I tend to agree with you If you want to win the league You need to beat all the teams It doesn't matter when you play them Get on with it Alison Get on with it That's what you need to do When the fixtures come out No complaints Just play the games Well let's hear from one of the players That you just mentioned Jordan Jones says he's raring To get going at Rangers After joining from Kilmarnock This summer The winger says it'll be tough To break into the team With the competition he faces But that, but he's not just there To make up the numbers I've just been really Really looking forward to coming in And and showing what I can do, and now I'm here. That's 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 what I'm here to do. Obviously, going to work as hard as I can in pre-season, um, do my best to get in the team, and then I think once you're in it, you need to do what you can to stay in it. But like I say, just one step at a time. So my focus now is just working as hard as I can every day, and then then we go from there. He's obviously a massive name in football. Everyone everyone knows him. I got told he was very demanding, and I've seen the last couple of days myself that he is. But like I say, I'm really enjoying it so far. And, and hopefully it'll continue. I'm not here to just say, you know, I'm a Rangers player, I really want to make my mark and, and, and do as well as I can, so that's what I'm going to do. Everyone knows what the aim is, and like I say, they've brought in a lot of players, the squad's massive, even just training, you can see how big the squad is. Um, so I think there'll be healthy competition for places, and like I say, it's up to the players to do what they can do to show that they deserve the shirt. How difficult will it be for them to break into this team, Roger? Um, a lot depends on whether Ryan Kent comes back to Rangers I would yep. suggest if Ryan Kent does come back for a second season long loan Ryan Kent will start on the left side of the attack If Ryan Kent stays at Liverpool or goes to an Aston Villa or a Leeds Allison, Then that position in the team is wide open and Jordan Jones is going to get his chance um, It's an interesting signing, interesting pre-contract Jordan Jones didn't finish the season well with Kilmarnock He was out of the team mm. I'm not sure whether that was down to a loss of form Or whether Steve Clark just wanted to go with other players So he's got, you know, he's got a bit of making up to do He hasn't played a lot of football in the, in the calendar year of 2019 He will want to hit the ground running He'll probably get a start in some of these European games Because if you listen to Gary McAllister the other day Rangers might need to be patient in their pursuit of Ryan Kent. So that would lead you maybe to believe that these games against, whether it's Pristina or St. Joseph's, the first European game, there might be an opportunity for Jordan Jones to get a start. And as with any players, all we can give them is the platform. If Jordan Jones gets in the team, it's up to Jordan Jones to stay in the team. A lot of people taking exception to what Charlie had to say about Rangers having a, a tough start and it making a difference. Denny Dock says, Charlie talking nonsense. Celtic played hearts away in the second game last season. We lost, then we drew with St Mirren. It took us until October to win an away game. Yeah, that was right. And it took Celtic, that was at late October when Kilmarnock came to Celtic Park yep. leading the league, didn't they? That was the first time mm-hmm. Celtic, when they won that game, went top of the league very late October. It might even have been early November. So... Listen, as I said when Charlie was on the phone I don't think it matters when you play anyone You get them all at the same time You you get them all, you know, the same number of times I should say through the course of the season Just get on with it and try and win the games Jerry in Paisley's a Celtic fan He's given us a call about that as well Hello Jerry. Hi there, how you doing? Hi Jerry. Good, good Listen, your man there talking about Rangers getting a hard start if they won the league, they would maybe get an easier start, according to him. We'll take Rangers, then Aberdeen, then Hibs and Hearts in the first four games. No matter any difference to us. We don't win the, win the league twice for three days in December. We win it eight in a row. Well, it's difficult to argue with that, Jerry. I mean, I said when Charlie came on the phone, I don't think when you play teams particularly matters. Just get on with Have it. Have a look at Rangers' record against the top six teams last season. 
and then come back and say that they've got half games. The other teams don't seem to find it too hard to beat Rangers. Listen, I don't think think you can say with any certainty. What's a hard game? You mentioned yourself. You know, Celtic dropped points twice against Livingston last season. Mm -hmm. Newly promoted team. Dropped points against St Mirren, the team who were down in the relegation playoff place. So, you know, you can never say what's a difficult game. I remember just before Christmas, Rangers dropping points at Dundee. They say they were bottom of the league and eventually relegated. So, who's to say... Aberdeen's tougher than Ross County. Who's to say Hibs and Hearts are tougher than Hamilton and Livingston? You, you can only, you know, you only play the teams you, you're up against. And if you're going to win the league, whether you're Celtic or whether you're Rangers, you need to beat everyone that's laid before you. That's correct. Okay. And okay. Oh, did you want to make another point, Jerry? No, 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 no. It's just amazing, isn't it? That they've not won the league for X amount of years. They've not won a trophy if they come back out of liquidation and the whole world's against them and making it tough for them. They signed more players than any other club in the last two seasons, and yet they still couldn't get near Celtic, who probably had their worst season for a long, long time last season. Thank you to Jerry. I mean, it remains to be seen what's going to happen this season. The ball's not even been kicked yet. Yeah, it's absolutely terrific. We've got uh, five and a half weeks before the Premiership season starts. But ever since the last ball was kicked last season, we have this great summer of banter. Yeah. Where Celtic fans wind up the Rangers supporters, and the Rangers supporters wind up the Celtic fans. I love it. It's what makes Scottish football great. And nobody knows. Nobody knows how next season is going to go. Nobody knows what other signings will be coming in at Celtic or at Rangers. So. Listen, it's going to be another exciting season I think that's the only guarantee, Alison Absolutely, John and Kirk and Tillis on the lines as well Good evening, John Good evening Hi, John Hello Hi there, how are you doing? My point's about Oliver Burke Yeah Now, I'm, I'm a Celtic fan I'm also a big Scotland fan Oliver Burke, I think, is He's a big, strong laddie He's an athlete but he's not the best football player I've ever seen. And I think his attributes are his strength. And he's missed some real setters for Celtic this year. The situation with Neil Lennon, I don't know the ins and outs of why Neil didn't play him or whatever. But I really think that the boy, I wish the boy well, but he's no the player that he's went for. What? £25 million pounds or whatever it is and as I say I wish the boy well but he's not the greatest football player I've ever well, seen Well John th- there were no ins and outs as to why Neil Lennon didn't pick him Neil Lennon mm-hmm. didn't pick him because in a wide area he's not as good as James Forrest yep, and in a yep. central area he's not as good as Odson Edward that's yep. why he didn't get into the team yep. um, the boy's clearly got qualities you mentioned his pace and his strength of course he's got qualities if he didn't have qualities Red Bull Leipzig wouldn't have paid £15 million for him and then West Brom wouldn't have given him that £15 million back to bring him back into the, into England. Um, the, he scored that goal for Scotland against Cyprus, huge goal for Steve Clark on his debut. Um, you would like to hope that that would give him the confidence going into a new season he can catch Slavin Bilic's eye because from a Scotland point of view, the more on-form striker Steve Clark's got at his disposal, the better. But I would have thought we would have needed to have seen improvement in Oliver Burke by now. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. And as I say, I wish the boy well, but he's 
no, the most skillful boy we've ever seen at Celtic Park. Uh, I, listen, I completely agree with you. Skill isn't maybe high up on his list of attributes. It's about pace. It's about strength. It's about power. You would think all those attributes would be perfect for the championship in England. Mm. And I, I would love to think the lad would get a chance under Slavin Village, would succeed, would score goals, would be in form. Steve Clark would keep him in the Scotland team. But it, it's up to him. You know, we spoke about Jordan Jones getting the opportunity at, at Rangers, and then it's up to him. It's now up to Oliver Burke because. He's had chances in Germany, he's had chances at West Brom, he's had chances at Celtic and he's never really convinced anyone that he's worth an extended run in the team. I hope he gets that at West Brom next season. This is Clyde One at Super Scoreboard. We're back after the travel with Stephen. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. A team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. Roger Hanna here with me, Alison Conroy, until seven o'clock on Super Scoreboard. Roger, I want to bring something up that I've seen on Twitter today. I know you've seen it because you've retweeted it. Tommy Wright has been back in Northern Ireland and he's bought some new shoes. Apparently a pair of Barker Puccini shoes to add to his growing collection from Robinson's. So apparently the only shoemaker in Northern Ireland. Do you have a, a favourite shoemaker? Do you always go to the same one? Um, no, I wouldn't say I do always go You know, I think that's cobblers, Alison um, <laughs> it, it, it was nice to see Tommy getting these new shoes yeah. um, It was an odd picture on Twitter Given that the shoes were actually cut out of the picture But if, if anyone wants to go and have a look Peer over Tommy's left shoulder Because they have a wonderful array of socks oh, they're magnificent, over, aren't it's they? enough, I'm thinking of going down to Larn And getting the boat over just for the socks alone I have retweeted this from Clyde SSB as well If you want to have a little look at it. It's, uh, it's magnificent. He looks so pleased with his new pair of shoes as well. Roger, let's go to St Mirren. There is still no confirmation at St Mirren that Oren Kearney has left, well, yes. but they have cancelled Saturday's friendly against Oren's former club, Colrain, which was only arranged because it was a stipulation of Oren taking over yeah. at St Mirren. Well, Alison, my understanding is Oren Kearney is back home in Northern Ireland. Yeah. I'm not sure whether he's dropped into Robinson's for a latest pair of shoes <laughs> yet himself. Um, he will be back as the next manager of Colrain. Um, it's interesting, I think, since he left, there was a part-time position and he worked as a teacher, as you know. I think since then, his replacement was a full-time manager at Coleraine and there was talk of the next manager being full-time. I'm not sure that's the case. I think you'll find Oren will return to Coleraine, will return to his old job. And he'll go away with, listen, a lot of fond memories of Paisley. And I think the St Mirren fans will have fond memories of him, notably the way they finished the season, the way they got off the bottom of the league, stretched away from Dundee. And managed to get past in United and that sort of nerve wracking playoff, the penalty shootout. So, Burn fans will never forget that. They won't forget Oren Kearney. I think the future for St Mirren, though, will probably lie with their League Cup winning captain, Jim Goodwin, returning to the club. Yeah, as you say, the players are training as normal for them. Nothing really has changed as they return from pre season. The manager's not there, but it is yeah. very much business as usual for them at the moment. Well, well, it is business as usual, but they're going to have to do an awful lot of business because with the uncertainty about the manager with Oren now leaving with a vacancy there you know, whether Jim Goodwin fills it or not they're already a little bit behind the other teams yeah. down there you know Hamilton Ackies have brought in quite a few players Livingston have brought in a few they've extended Scott Robinson's contract today Ross County have brought in a few they've extended Josh Mullins contract today so the sides who you would expect to be down in that bottom area of the Premiership alongside St Mirren next season have already got a step or two ahead of St Mirren in their preparations so I think St Mirren, Tony Fitzpatrick's been away. I think he's back tomorrow. Gordon Scott, the chairman's away just now. He'll be back soon. Everyone at St Mirren 
is going to need just to, to move a little bit quicker now to catch up on the lost ground over the summer weeks. Yeah, because I think Oren had said a couple of weeks ago, ideally he wanted about 12 and I'm sure it was quite a, yeah, a hefty figure. Listen, we spoke to one of the callers earlier on about Celtic defensive reinforcements and, you know, 12 sounds an awful lot. But when you think of the players St Mirren have lost, an awful lot of the St Mirren players last season were loan players. You know, you think of like Lee Hodgson, guys like that. Other guys whose contracts have expired. Some in Jackson's getting back to Canada. Anton Ferdinand's away back down south of the loan players. The likes of Kyle McAllister, who was crucial for St Mirren in those last weeks. He's away back to Derby. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of players gone. It wouldn't surprise me at all if, if, if they brought in 9 or 10. Jim Goodwin obviously was linked with with other jobs and opted to stay at Aloha. Do you think that had anything to do with um, what has now happened at St Mirren? No, listen, I don't think he had a crystal ball. I think at the time he was interested in the Dundee job. A couple of things happened up in Dundee. They went for James McPake. Um, It might actually all all come back to Jim's liking, you know, because I I, I think if if you'd given Jim Goodwin his, his chance of either the St Mirren job or the Dundee job, mm-hmm. he would have taken the St Mirren job because of his history at the club, because of playing in a higher league next season. So if he ends up as the St Mirren manager, I'm pretty sure he will be pleased with that. And having watched Aloha a few times last season, Alison, for, for Super Scoreboard, mm-hmm. not only did they stay up as the only part-time team in a full-time division, but they stayed up playing some decent football. They, they never tried to park the bus and, and squeeze out a nil-nil anywhere. You know, it's a decent way of playing a 4-2-3-1 he tried to get forward going players into the team They were always attractive to watch And he speaks well about the game um, He puts a lot of work into the game A very close friend of Mark Wilson in this show And uh-huh. Mark Wilson speaks very highly of him as well uh, I think he could do a good job for St I want to stay in the lower leagues Chris Doolan says linking up with Ian McCall again Has helped him get over the heartbreak of leaving Partick Thistle The striker joined Air United yesterday After being released by Gary Caldwell And he says everything felt right about moving to Somerset Park Very well, obviously um, from my days at Partick Thistle When he took me to the club I know the, the way he plays football And how he seems to get the best out of people So, you know, that was an attraction for me I'm an Ayrshire person, I'm an Ayrshire boy and um, so I've always known all about Air United and um, you know it's just something that really excited me after I spoke to him, McCall, um, I came away just very excited about the club Of course, you know, there was disappointment there having been at a club for 10 years um, it's always going to be very difficult to, to leave but you know, if to, from my point of view it was all about I've got to look after you know myself and my future career and um, from then on I had to go and find a club that I had the same feeling um, that I had at Party Thistle in terms of you know, a club that I feel as if I fit in and, you know, I can be accepted at. So, Air United just it just had that feeling to me. So, uh, again, that's one of the reasons I'm looking forward to getting started. A good move for him. I think he was upset by the way his time at Partick Thistle ended. The Partick Thistle fans weren't happy about it either. Um, yeah, but I think that's in the past now for Chris yeah. Dolan. I think he needs to focus on going forward. They're still only 32 years of age. Um, he knows Ian McCall. Ian McCall knows him. It was McCall that signed him. Partick Thistle from the juniors about 10 years ago um, 120 goals and 400 games A terrific return for Thistle But his future's now air He'll take over the mantle of Lawrence Shankland Which in itself is big shoes to fill yeah. The goals that Shankland scored for air In the last couple of seasons um, Ian McCall's clearly pleased You look at the picture in the papers today On the air website yesterday I've rarely seen a manager as proud He was sort of standing <laughs> yes. to attention Like Windsor Davis used to in at Ian Half Hortman He's, he's uh, so happy with himself So he feels he's got a good player in 
I think he'll want more good players in because it's a big season for Ayr as well after getting into the promotion playoffs last season. Yeah. I think Chris Dillon will do fine down there. A big season for Ayr United, a, a big season as we know for Partick Thistle as well as Gary Caldwell tries to, to rebuild there to to try and get up the other end of the Championship. Yeah, and I think Gary Caldwell probably will tell you he found it a little bit harder last season than he was anticipating when he came in and replaced Alan Archibald. Um, there was a lot of anxiety, a lot of nerves for a long, long time at Furhill about their championship status and whether or not they would get down into League One. They got it right in the end. I think the signings of Stephen Anderson and Scott McDonald were yeah. crucial. They just gave them that little bit of experience and know-how at either end of the pitch. Really made the big difference for Thistle. And it's going to be a competitive league in there. You look at the two Dundee clubs, Dunfermline are buying players, Inverness are going to be strong again. Um, so there, there are no guarantees at all for Thistle. And it's going to be an interesting league again. Yeah, we say that every season. It always seems to be that much more competitive league than the, the Premiership, as we know. But there are so many good teams in there. Yeah, there, there are. And there's no, for me... There's no outstanding team. I haven't looked at the betting. I would imagine maybe Dundee United are just slight favourites after the way they finish the season under Robbie Nielsen. But Dundee are bringing in decent players. You know, they've got the likes of Jordan McGee and Sean Burnin in the last few days. They'll do well. And Verness will look to kick on after getting to the playoffs last season. So it, it will be fascinating. But, you know, Ross County just had the biggest budget last year and just eventually went through and won the title. I don't think anyone will run away with it this season. Just um, going back to David Turnbull, Stuart Weber, um, Technical Gregor, uh, Director at Norwich, has spoken. He hopes to see the player develop under Neil Lennon if and when the deal goes through. He says, I'm not sure I would have chosen him after the way they spoke about me in the media, but that's his choice. When you get turned down, it's never nice, but at the same time, there's always another player and we want players who genuinely want to be here. As I said to him when he was trying to decide, listen, mate, have no regrets. You've got to go where you want to go and if your heart's set in Celtic, then it's set on Celtic because you'll be here and in a month you'll be thinking about going back up to Scotland. Yeah, um, Stuart Webber's done a very good job down there and, and he always keeps an eye on the Scottish market You know, people saw him a year ago getting Kenny McLean down there They signed a lad Charlie Gilmer, the Scotland youth camp from Arsenal mm -hmm. They're very keen to land Aidan Fitzpatrick from Partick Thistle They signed a young goalie, Archie Mayer from Aberdeen yeah. yesterday So they do keep an eye on the Scottish market They were very keen to get David Turnbull um, They pulled out all the stops to try and persuade him to go to Carroll Road But... You know yourself, it's difficult when you're trying to you know, weigh up a decision between staying up here and playing for Celtic with a chance of winning trophies or going down there to Norwich to a potential relegation fight. Does he get in the team? Does he play every week? Um, David Turnbull's decided to throw in his lot with Celtic, we think, <laughs> because it still hasn't been announced. But Stuart Webber's a very interesting quotes. Celtic will say there's plenty of time. It doesn't need to be announced straight away. That'll be their argument. Yeah, I'm sure it will. Um, equally though, the manager Neil Lennon spoke Friday morning, four and a half days ago, Alison, to say he's in the building, we expect it to be announced this afternoon. We're now nearly at seven o'clock on Tuesday night and it hasn't been announced. Um, I think the supporters are right to be asking questions. Another bit of signing news today. Paul Heckingbottom's made his biggest move yet after Hibs signed Christian Doig from Forest Green Rovers for £350,000. That's the biggest fee from Hibs since 2013 Roger it's a lot of money for a club like Hibs um, fair play to Leanne Dempster for supporting the new manager he did well when he came in in the second half of mm. last season 
They will look to kick on be interesting to see how close they can get to Celtic and Rangers next season. Do you expect them to be up there challenging with these players coming in? I think they'll be challenging top four, challenging for Europe. I mean, I don't think it's realistic to expect anyone outside the big two to be challenging for the title. Mm. Um, but could they have a tilt at one of the cups? Could they have a tilt at third or fourth for Europe? Most definitely. That's about it for tonight. I'm back tomorrow night with Gordon DL. You can keep up to date with everything on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Ryan Borthwick's up next. <laughs>